For 18 years, Brian Mansfield was the go-to guy in Nashville for all things music for USA Today. Today, Brian Mansfield is managing editor of CountryInsider.com. He'll join us for this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, to talk about artists like Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Dionne Warwick. All three received nominations to be inducted into the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But how do you define rock and roll? And do artists like Dion, Dolly, and Lionel qualify? Two weeks away, the Academy of Country Music Awards. But you will not find them on network television for the first time in history. Where will you watch them? And what does this say about country music and award shows? And we will compare and contrast the Dixie Chicks and Morgan Wallen's Exiles from Country Radio. The many differences and few similarities between the two. It's a behind-the-scenes intriguing conversation about the music industry coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with family and friends and coworkers, people that sit next to you in the pew on Sunday. Conversations about current events and pop culture, music, concerts, endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. I feel like that thing gets longer every week. It doesn't. I added one word, concerts. Well, I mean, I like it. I mean, we're just expanding our wealth of knowledge, basically. Well, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can edit it down if you'd like. No, it's fine. But things like we're, we're strong and good at. So, hi, my name is Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. And so, um, I think you were around for this butt dial the other day when Al... So, here's what happened. So, I usually around, I would say, 9, 15 or whatever every night, I try to talk to my mom, um, who is... 88 and lives in assisted living, Nana, Nana. and her boyfriend, Al, Mr. Al, and he's 103 years old. He's in great shape, so don't worry about that. Um, They met in church, um, golly, probably how many years? After they lost their... uh their, yeah. their spouses. Their spouses. It's been a long time. So anyways, they live, um, I'm not going to say in sin because at this point they are probably two of the least sinful people that I know. So they live in complete harmony um, together in assisted living. But so anyways, I talked to my mom at like 9.15 and the way I have to talk to my mom because my mom has had a stroke and she doesn't have use of the right side of her body. So she can't pick up a, you know the phone and hold it. So sweet Mr. Al, God, everybody needs Mr. Al in their life. Um, I call him. And he gives Nana the phone, and that's how we talk. Explain real quick what happens when Mr. Al's phone rings. It goes do 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 do, and these things flash lights, like strobe lights, like 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 lights that that go up and down the runways at Hartsfield that bright. Which I'm sitting here thinking is probably not good for someone who's had a stroke, like my mother. But at any rate, um, like seize up, whatever. So they go off, and then he doesn't answer when you call the first time. He never does. I don't know if this is on purpose or he doesn't hear. And then he calls you back. So you, you just wait well, five it's, it's minutes. Time. Yes, you wait five minutes and then he calls you back and then you talk to him for a little while and then he gives you the update on what's going on and all the gossip and the tea around the assisted living place. And then he passes the phone to Nana, which that's the whole thing with the two of them. Because sometimes I can hear them arguing. Like, I told you not to push that button. Hold it like this. You know, don't do this. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So, I talked to them and then I had this great conversation with both of them. And then 10 minutes later, I look down and I missed a call from Al. And I'm like, "Uh oh, maybe they, you know, forgot something that I need to order for him or something. So I call him back and he's like, hello, didn't we just talk? 
did you need, so he's questioning me, like, do I need him? And I said, well, Mr. Al, you called me. And he said, I did not. I mean, he was like, kind of like him. He's he's very direct. He's ambivalent about it. When you're 103, you can be direct though. So I had to look at my phone, and you know, like sometimes in your phone, like, and you, I don't know if you're like this, but you're like, does red mean I called them, or did green mean Here's they the called thing. me? I don't have that luxury. Yeah, because you're colorblind. So I'm like, well, I know he called me. So I'm like, Mr. Al, have you ever heard of, did you hear me say this to him? I I'm like, have you ever heard of a thing called butt dial? He said, what? And I said, have you ever heard of a thing called butt dialing? That's when your phone accidentally calls someone. He's like, I don't know what's going on around here, and I don't know what my butt's doing. And I was like, okay, well. You'll probably find out. Time to go. Can you imagine, though, if the phone had rang, Mr. Al had butt-dialed you, and you continued to listen? I've like done that you before. answered the call, and, like, they're like okay. making out. No, stop. No. Do you think they do? Okay. Did you know? Listen, I got the, the assisted living home, nursing home hospice buzz. Well, I've, team, I've told okay? you this before in a pod. It is One the, of the most yes. uh, just humping and, yeah. and grabbing and pinching and grabbing. and It's a lot. All the time, from room to room. We've talked about room this to room. before. I know, but I've, I've talked a lot with the uh, the people in the in that industry. Well, and I asked. No, I mean, I don't mean this to sound like careless. Like or, there's there's like studs, like you know the 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 big cows. What are they called? The bulls. Yeah, I don't want to be callous, but the they say that the biggest problem are like the the memory care. I mean, I don't mean this to sound bad, but the memory care people because they they go into all these different rooms and then they come back and. Some of them, yes, they're probably, they definitely have memory issues, but some of them are just being men because they're probably coming back and. Like, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Meanwhile, he's got a, you were in the bingo closet with her. Yeah. Seriously. You know? Calling numbers. Ugh. Anyway, so it's just kind of funny because I, I, he said I introduced him to a new term, butt dialing. Butt dialing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine being 103 years old. There's not a whole lot you don't know. Being able to. To teach a 103-year-old person something. Yeah. I, I was riding with Mr. Al. Or actually, I was driving. Al didn't drive anymore. He was riding with me. Uh, when everybody, when, when Aunt Jay and Uncle Ruth. Oh, were in Aunt, town, I'm sorry. Yes. Uncle Jay and Aunt Ruth. Yes. We're in town. And um, I said to him, I said, in your 103 years on earth, have you ever experienced anything as crazy as the world is right now because of the pandemic and everything else going on? And he said, no. He said, I lived through the Great Depression. Imagine that. I'm, I'm driving a man around, Donna, who yeah. says, I survived the Great Depression. And World War II. He said, here's the thing. He said, back then, the biggest thing that you couldn't get were shoes or something. He said, and, and back then, you didn't need shoes necessarily. You know, he said, now, the pandemic, COVID-19, are tied to nearly every industry that's on the earth. And everybody is affected. He said, with the Great Depression, that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. Very few people were actually affected by the Great Depression. Yeah, it was just certain segments of the population. Right, yeah. You know? He's a fascinating man. Yeah. He's such a great friend for your mom and lover for your mom. Oh, okay. He loves her. He's not her lover. That's what I said. Okay. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. I want to say hello and thank you to Pod Peep Penny Chambers. Um, did she write the new review? What do we think? Uh, I don't I don't know. If not, Penny, let's get on that. Yeah. Um, this is from Instagram. I just love listening to you and Caddy on your podcast. Always look forward to Tuesday and Thursday. So this is just a thank you, Penny Chambers. Is there a birthday we need to announce or give away a cake or anything? Have you ever just sent a text to someone to be kind? We'll give you a big old bear growl. Actually, it's a bear hug. We give them away during the afternoon ride with Cadillac Jack on the Bear 92.5. Weekday afternoons, you should tune in. Have you ever just sent a text to someone just to tell, like, tell them they do a great job or just? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Like that not someone didn't ask you for it. Yeah. Okay. But that's what she's doing, and I just think that's so nice. It's fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate your support. Uh-huh. Penny's a super spreader of the podcast. Donna has been busy, busy, busy. Ow. What'd you do? I just hit my head, but I'm okay. All right. Before we start in this, yeah. I do want to say something. I have had two people reach out to me. I told you this before I got on. One person reached out to me and said that they are a nurse in um in an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and they think that I need to go see someone about my raspy voice. That I potentially have a, um, like an, a, a, what do you call that? I don't know. Let's hope not. Like, well, like something when you have like a, like, like singer skit, like I'm some famous singer, like I'm out there singing on the stage at like Caesars or something. Here's the thing. I, you know, I've got to get, I got to get my shingle shot first. I got to get this colonoscopy done. You got and, a lot to get done. And then I'll, I will do that. And I appreciate anytime anybody reaches out. Um, however, I think the reason my voice is always raspy is because I talk a lot. Like you can, she does. You can validate. She does. That. Yeah, she talks a lot. A lot. Yes, I love to talk. I never shut up, and I'm in an industry like I work in a retail location where I'm talking to people all the time. So I think by the time we sit down to record, I'm just like my voice is like this. So I shot. Yeah, I apologize. I hope it doesn't offend people. Well, you know, there are examples. There are stories of where like a a doctor watching yes Good Day Baltimore has noticed that an anchor had a. A mole. Unusual mold or something, and they, they go to have it checked out, and it turns out to be cancer or some shit. Um, that's happened on Instagram before with people. So, yes, yes. No, so I, I'm not taking this lightly, and I appreciate it, and hopefully my raspiness is not driving you all crazy. I'm going to try to hydrate. Donna has taken up axe throwing. Well, not really. What I've taken up is... I think you're, you're in or you're not with axe. Is there an in-between with axe throwing? Either you well, threw no. the axe or you didn't, right? Well, I just haven't yet. I haven't been oh, there yet. Okay. That's February. We're, we're, oh. Explain what's going on. So what I decided to do, and I encourage everyone who's listening to do this as well, because we're so new into the year. I have decided that, you know, every now and then you're like, I'm going to do things that I'm going to expand my life and do things I haven't done before. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, what inspired me is I have a friend who grew up and could never swim her entire life. And as an adult, she was tired of it and she decided that she wanted to start taking swim lessons. And so she became a really good swimmer. And then she joined, um, I'm not going to say her age, but an over blank, uh, swim team. And when co- I was going to go to one of her swim meets and when COVID came, they weren't Wait, over what? It's like a, over a certain age, but I'm not going to say her age. She joined a swim team. Okay. And so, um, Wendy. yes. And so I was going to go see her, one of her meets. I'm so excited. I was going to make a sign and everything. But then COVID came and they didn't get to do the meets, but she's back now. They're back. This team's back competing. And I thought to myself, self, there are things I need to learn how to do. And I think, you know, we're all like, I'm going to learn to speak French again, or I'm going to, that's a, that's very ambitious. And I, you know, but anything is welcome. Anytime you're trying to like expand your life, put your expanders in, have at it. So what I decided is I'm going to do one thing every month that I've never done before. Something new and exciting. Something new and exciting. So January was travel to a new state. And I did. I went to Arkansas. I have been to a, I have been to almost every state, honestly. And I had never been to Arkansas. So I went to Arkansas. We did a um, college tour with our daughter, who's 18, Olivia. And it was fantastic. So February has come along. And I, I see all these people like axe throwing. Okay, stop. Where, where do you see all of these people? Act, who are these people? Where are they axe throwing? Where are I don't know. I just see a lot. I see a lot of people like going out and axe throwing with their friends and stuff. It's not something I want to do on the regular, but I'm going to give it a whirl. And I've got some pent up energy to get out. So I'm going to throw some axes. Um, so I'm going to give it a whirl. So what I thought we would do is I'm going to set this up. Um, and in the next pod, 
I'm going to tell you where we're going to do this. And right, if, let me take some. I don't know anything about this. Let me okay. take some notes. All right. Have you talked to the producer of the podcast about you booking or creating this event? No, it just came to me. So when I announce the place and the date, if you would like to join us, now you have to pay for yourself. Listen, we can't pay for all y'all no, to no, ask we, for it. We can't, no. And it's not like we don't have a special room or anything like no, that. So no. we're just, you got to buy your own chicken wings no, and your no, own beer. Yeah, yeah, However, yeah. I would love to have you come out and throw an axe with me and Caddy. Um, no. Not at Caddy, I, but oh, with him. I'm not, throw, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. Okay, but you're going to come to the remote. I'll come by. I'll come. I'll swing by. A few okay. minutes. Say Whatever. hello. Anyway, so come on out. We're going to have fun. And um, I'll let you know when that and is. You can't throw something like this out there and then not follow throw up. Throw out. Know that, I, right? know, okay. I know. I know. I'm, I'm checking out what is like a good right. axe throwing place. So If you own an axe throwing place and it's not like, listen, I can't drive two hours to throw an axe. I just can't do it. I'd be so tired by the time I get there, I won't be able to like so lift, the, lift the, it up. The Tuesday, March, the first episode. We'll have more details about this. Yes. Right? Can we just leave it at that? Yes. So I think that's the thing. I'm going to invite anyone who wants to, like any pod peeps, to come along on my ride if you want to do some of these fun things. What are some other things that are on your list of, of well, exciting new things you're going to do every one, once a month, right? One, every, one do something every month. I'm really, um, I think you've seen today, I've just been a roller coaster of emotions because I was so excited over the last few days because I want to play pickleball we've talked about this before on the podcast pickleball is all the rage for a certain when you've aged out of tennis and which I think I have probably not but at any rate I probably have so I, I see all these signs all the time at this part down the street for us where they have pickleball lessons free pickleball lessons to residents I'm a resident I want to take a pickleball lesson and so most of the teams the pickleball teams are male female and you have said in a podcast before you have zero interest in playing pickleball I have zero interest in being Most physical. Things. Most yeah. things, yes. So uh, pickleball is a great thing that you can do when you're older too. So um, I first reached out to my friend Debbie and she can't do it because she's got some bad running knees. And then I thought, hmm. Her husband. Sean. Sean. Is perfect because Sean and I used to play mixed doubles tennis. Not very well, I will say. Only because he is. I remember that. Oh my God. He's really good at racquetball. And I literally took probably three hits to my back with a ball. It was like, I quit. I can't do this. A with lot you of anymore. power, if I remember, but, but just not a whole lot of direction. Yes, no restraint. With the ball. Yeah. So I'm thinking we'll both be starting from square one with pickleball. And here's the really sad part. I had I had come up with a name for us. Do you want to know what it was? What, what's that about it? You're doing it, right? No, he can't do it. This is the text that I got back. After he had When, when did you get this text? Earlier today. That he'd thought it over. And. Is it because you're not married? No, that Afraid never. people to talk about y'all? No, that never Maybe stopped. Get back to Debbie? Listen, get if, back to Debbie? if anyone was going to talk about us, they would have talked about us in Sean out and tennis. Donna were loitering after the pickleball match. Okay. Debbie. Anyway, anyway, she said, I'm afraid you have to find another deal for your pickle. Sean says he's had three knee surgeries and a shoulder surgery since your tennis days. He says his body won't hold up. What in the hell? What in the hell? So I sent him back this meme where it's this old man that says, I'm old and I need sleep. And I said, that's a bummer. Because I already had our name. Do you want to know what the name is? I do. I, I know somebody's going to steal this name, and I'm okay with this. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Big Dills. A play on. Deal. Deals. D-E-A-L-S. Oh, my God. Is that not the best That's name good. ever? You're good at stuff like that. You're good. So, I'm moving on, and I've decided that I'm going. pickleball. Yes. Right. Okay. So, I've decided I have two people that are coming. Actually, three that are on my list next. Okay? I'm starting with Tug. But I know he plays Tug, like... Tug's got too much going he on. Has he has a lot. Cornhole. I know. He, he hosts a morning a talk show. And he plays on the softball team. Plays on a softball team. His son plays varsity baseball and does travel ball. 
Okay, well, he's the program director at a radio station. Okay. Tony has no time for pickleball. Well, I'm a mom with three kids and two jobs, so I mean, we can make well, it work You probably don't out. have time for pickleball either, truth be told. So I'm going to go to Carl next, and then Ben Burnett. Carl Bur- Appen? What about Ben Burnett? Uh, ben played tennis in college. What? Did you not know that? He played John Eisner. John Eisner. He played John Eisner? Yes. Okay. When he was at Sanford. Not not John, when 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 Ben. Okay, I'm coming. Ben, is, ben and Tug and I were the one. We talked last episode about the Jason Aldean fundraiser for a political candidate here in Georgia running for lieutenant governor that is from the same area where Jason Aldean is from. So Jason did a private show Saturday night, and this past Saturday in Athens, Georgia. And Ben and Tug and I were there. Okay, I'm going for Ben because here's the thing. I love Carl. And Ben told, was telling us about this. He's, he's playing tennis at Sanford. This is crazy. I love Carl, but I feel like Carl's so nice. He won't come with the fire and the heat. Like, Ben is as competitive as he I is. am. And, I mean, we are going to, like, take them down. I think he's good for this. I do, too. He also hosts a podcast on the Apple Podcast Network called The Ben Burnett Show. Okay, reach out to him. I'm, I'm going to call him right now. Yeah. See if he's in for this. Because this is, like, this is my March thing, pickleball, but it's also, like, the thing I want to do. Right. Like, it's my new hobby. Maybe in bed. It's kind of my new hobby. I should probably have a more ambitious hobby. Like learn to play the ben guitar Burnett? or something. Yeah, I mean. You speak a foreign language? Well, yeah, I speak Spanish and French. You speak both fluently? Not fluently. But okay, I mean, where is he? Okay. He, he's got kids he's dealing with. Okay, all right. Now, if he doesn't work out, then I'll do a little pod contest. And just like I was going to wrestle old Nathan. Nathan Roberts. Nathan Roberts in an episode, which a pod peep, our pod peeps are the best, said to me that you, uh, in a pod from a long, long, long time ago, you wanted me to wrestle Nathan. And I was kind of like, I don't, do I have any experience wrestling? Comes to find out, I do. Because I was wrestling Helen in my front yard. And a listener pointed that out. That I'm clearly small but mighty. And Nathan Roberts wanted to wrestle you in a real life wrestle, like in a ring. And you were going to wear a singlet? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Never going to wear a Nathan singlet. Wanted, Nathan was wearing a singlet. Okay. He's going to pin you down. You know what happens after that, don't you? It's Nathan's special move. Okay, please stop. Nathan's a, a legendary wrestler. Right, and he's an, he's this, an above circuit. He's an above board wrestler. I'll tell you what, I'm going to wrestling March 2nd. Um, I don't know where. I have to look that up, but it's the uh, it's, it's a wrestling group affiliation here in Georgia. Talk for a minute. Let me find this. What, why are you going? Like they invited you? Yes, because it's a fundraising event for the school system. What school system? I'm, I'm looking for the text right now. Talk for a second. But I mean, like, how does this come to you? Did you just say, hey, I want to go to wrestling? Or they called? Okay, Donna. Do you think called? that's the way that came down? I don't know. Do you think that I reached out and said, hey, I want to come to wrestling? What kind of wrestling? Like, it's right, wrestling, wrestling. Where you bring your pocketbook and you hit them over the head? A flying pain. Oh my God, I love it. Channel 17, right? You watch growing you need, up. Yeah, you need to wear overalls with no shirt underneath. Like, you got to wear something to get attention so that they come to you on the camera and then you pull out your purse or your frying pan, you beat them over the head. When they do the helicopter move, you know what I mean? When they take them over their head and spin them. I'm looking for it. All right, let's just move on. No, it's important, Donna. This is a fundraising event. The text I found it is from Chris and Parts at Fable Ford. He wrestles? Action Wrestling is the league. Action Wrestling does. Is it uh, nonprofit stuff? All right, March 4th, benefit to school in Tyrone with students who has special needs. That's why I'm involved, Donna. Well, I, I love that. I, I mean, I genuinely do. But um, it sounds like something like like from that Brad Pitt movie, like Fight Club. Like, you don't talk about Fight Club because, like, it only holds so many people in a standing room only. And The movement begins with action. Wrestling. Snap it to Slim Jim. What's my line? What's my line going to be? 
like when I get it, when they announce me and I come up, you know, on the ropes and I'm wearing my singlet, I got a crown or something. What's my, what's my gimmick? What's a my crown? wrestling? Yes. What's my wrestling gimmick? Oh boy. I need some wrestling shoes. I need some, some, some headwear of some sort. I think you just like got to put your uniform, like put your uniform together from what you have in your closet. What's my name? Jackass. What's my move? The Cadillac Jack smack attack. Oh, I like that. If you subscribe to the letter last Saturday, we had a big uh, hit for, for gallery furniture for president's day. Did you, this is a sectional again, Donna, the two piece sectional that is, uh, they have a few of them left, but they're going fast Two piece sectional that is minimalistic in style. And that's the new trend. Less is more, right? Absolutely. It has the exposed wooden legs and, and some of the exposed wood. And it looks like a, you know, like a, like a, you're at your barn. Yeah. I mean, and, and that is the style. I mean, you know, not that the fancy, fancy uh, stuff that looks like it came out of like the queen's house. So, um, and that's easy to like, to put things together with. Again, you know, we talk about this all the time. The trend is not to have to buy the whole room or to buy six rooms or, you know, somebody told me the other day that one of their most embarrassing things was that they had been approved for a certain amount of financing and they went to and it was just a debacle because they picked out all the stuff they want, but then they were like over what they were qualified for and it was just this pain in the butt. And then to try to take pieces off, they were going to charge them more. Gallery's not going to do any of that. None of that. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to have to go into the manager's office and sit there while they fax over your credit application, you know, to see if you've been approved or whatever. Donna is going. That's the first thing they do. Yeah. I mean, Donna's going to take care of you. And it just takes all of that away. You know, buying furniture shouldn't be like buying a car. This should be fun. You should go in and be able to pick out the things you want, change around the way, you know, things look. And it's a nice way with just a few pieces of furniture to kind of change the whole look of your house. Sometimes you ever look around and you're like, I was doing this other day in the kitchen. I'm like, how long has that plant been up there? You know? With all the dust on it. Yeah. And so sometimes you just need a little refresher. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Yes, Cadillac Jack. Yes, Donna. That is uh, the Wolfman daughter, uh, the Wolfman's daughter, Donna. Marilyn is involved. There's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Donna's there nearly every day of the week. Every time I go up to Gainesville, Donna's there and she's hustling and she has taken her daddy's business mind and has continued this locally owned business that's been around for 40 plus years in Gainesville. Gallery Furniture, hashtag ask for the Wolfman, hashtag ask for Donna. Brian Mansfield is coming up as a guest on this episode of the podcast. He, uh, gosh, 15 plus years, wrote for USA Today, based in Nashville. But not just country music, on uh, all genres of music. Music critic, also wrote for USA Today and covered the Idol beat back in the heyday, the big days of American Idol. And we got a conversation with him coming up when he joins us here on Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. We have a small ask of you, three things. If you would follow this podcast, you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, invite and encourage people in your circle to enjoy the podcast and listen to the end of each episode for outtakes, possible notes from the Appen Boys, Hans and Carl. This episode, an Easter egg from a past Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony concert. One of the things we're going to talk about with Brian Mansfield coming up is artists that don't necessarily fall under the Rock and Roll umbrella, like Dolly Parton this year, Dionne Warwick this year, Lionel Richie this year. There are people that are trying to make a case. What, what, is the, what does rock and roll mean when referring to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Show our sponsors some love. We are so thankful, Donna, for Donna at Gallery Furniture. We are thankful for 
T-Mobile, Brightmore Healthcare, Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline, and Ford. Come and get your Ford. Hey, Bear Country, this is Chris Chitwood at Fayetteville Ford. Fayetteville Ford. I'm so happy to announce that Cadillac Jack has joined the team here at Fayetteville Ford. I've been around the auto industry for 23 years, and I've learned a thing or three. Like the Ford F-Series is the best-selling truck on the road. Like Fayetteville Ford offers you the lifetime powertrain warranty. And I've learned that there is a difference in a Ford and a Fayetteville Ford. I'm Cadillac Jack, and I'm fired up to join Team Fayetteville Ford. Come and get your Ford. Fayetteville Ford, simply different. Fayetteville Ford. We're located at 275 North Glen Street, Fayetteville, Georgia, just north of the square. FayettevilleFordGA.com. Guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast stay at properties owned and managed by Atlanta's Paramount Hospitality Management, including properties at Georgia Tech, Knoxville, and the UT campus, Baton Rouge, and all over Atlanta to Paramount Hospitality Management. Let's add two songs to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. Okay, so have you heard of this movie, Encanto? Uh, yeah, it's a Disney movie, right? It's a Disney movie. And so it was written by Lin-Manuel, who, as you know, wrote um, Hamilton. And um, I think he also did a little bit of Moana. But anyways, it is such a cool movie. If you have not seen this movie, and even if you don't have kids, I know this is going to sound crazy. Like, you're going to be like, oh, we're not those people. I don't think I was those people either. I, like, started watching it because I'd heard so much about it. It is the best movie Oh my gosh, it is the best movie. But anyways, I'll tell you about what the movie's about in a minute. But the the song that I'm adding um, is from the Encanto soundtrack, and it is called We Don't Talk About Bruno. We don't have to talk about it. No, we don't have to talk that That's not the song. Oh, it's not. What is that? I thought that was from Encanto. Anyway. Anyway. Just if you want to know what Encanto is about, here's the deal. So it, it's a film and it takes place like in this Colombian village and there's this group of people and they're, um, the place is called. Sarah Alligagra. Okay, just stop. The place is called where they live is called Encanto. And the family is the magical family. And so all of the people in the family are blessed with like this magical candle. I know this is going to sound crazy, but um, it gives everyone in the family a gift. I, I, I did read about this. Yes. yes. So each of the people in the family have this like amazing gift. And there's one person um, who does not have um, a gift, like she wasn't given a gift. And so... Um, Anyway, I don't want to give away the whole thing, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens. But you need to, you should watch it. Watch it with your kids if you have kids, um, because there's some great stuff in the movie about um, anxiety and how that can be turned around in in a way and almost be a gift. Um, so there's some really subtle things, um, about family and how, even if you have been, even the family members who've been given these gifts do not have these like perfectly idyllic lives. There, there's still some things that go on, but it's a great movie to watch with your kids. Um, just to, you know, teach them about, um, all kinds of different things, overcoming, but also, um, when you have what you think is everything, you actually still don't have everything. And when you don't have something that everyone else has, you still have opportunities. And you'll have to watch it to find out at the end if the one family member receives a gift. What? Yes. But yeah, it's, we have to watch the movie, such, teacher. It's such a good movie. Such what, what, a good who'd movie. Who'd you watch it with? I just watched it by myself. I just watched it by myself. And the other movie that I'm obsessed with, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, is Sing 2. Oh my God. That is the best i love seeing the original movie well we'll have to watch it when, when, together. when are you watching these shows these I, movies well yeah i just watch them 
when you're in what? Fayetteville. When okay. you go, when you go, when, when I go to work. Yeah, exactly. So um, these are some. These are some. They're both really, really, really good movies. Seeing two is this Encanto is more heartwarming and stuff. Seeing two is also, but I mean, Seeing two has some really cool. Mom- it is yeah. just the coolest movie. So that's that. What about you? Duran Duran. Ah, I love Duran Duran from 1981. Girls on film. Oh yeah, girls on film. Dun, 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 dun. Girls on film. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, those boys. Whew. Simon LeBon. He was so good looking. Remember me talking about Caroline Phillips two years ago uh-huh. and about how every afternoon we were in seventh, eighth grade. Karen would get off the bus and Caroline would invite us down to her house. Okay, do we have to go back through this again? And Caroline would stand behind the sliding glass door at her basement with a curtain drawn. And me and the Long Brothers, Brian and Wayne, we'd be standing outside on the other side of the and sliding glass like, door. And tough skins. The curtain would slowly start to wheel back. What? Yeah. This girl was working the you room. See she was. You see a shadow or two. And like a spotlight behind her. She didn't have a spotlight. <laughs> She's riding the school bus home. For God's sake. And we see her titties. Okay, please stop. Was it to girls on film? Is that like she had No, she, was, she loved Simon the Bond. Uh, Simon the uh, Bond. Yes. And Who her, she didn't? She was obsessed with Duran Duran. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That whole time period with MTV, like before we knew George, like remember when Wham and George Michael and Andrew Ridgely and, you know, you kind of thought like, Man, I don't know. I don't know. What team? Yeah, I don't know what team George is on. But like every, I mean, it was that that time period where like Simon LeVon and him, they all had that like flowing hair. hair and, oh hair. my yeah. God. And then there was poor old Phil Collins who just didn't have any hair. But he was so popular too at the time. Genesis and all that yeah. stuff. I'm telling you, that's when I learned how to do that whole Pat Benatar dance, that and Thriller. We'll talk uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Brian Mansfield here right now, but uh, Duran Duran is nominated for this year. I'm getting ready to go off Bible. Brian Mansfield. Hang on, Brian. We'll get to you in just a second. Yeah, Brian, I'm just got? thinking about this. It's kind of like my Helen yep. wrestling days. I remember, okay, I remember trying to learn the Love is a Battlefield dance because listen, they didn't have any TikTok or YouTube videos to tell you. Like they didn't have Walker Hayes trying to tell you, teach you how to do the fancy Showing dance. you the steps and things. Yeah, no, they didn't have that. So what I would, and, and think about this. Like the only time I could learn the Pat Benatar dance is when the video would come up on MTV because we didn't have DVRs. Right. But now you can also look ahead, I bet, and see the schedule of, of videos that are coming up yeah. online or something. Do you know how many videos you of had like to sit through? I had to sit through to get to this one? With a Kurt Cobain, not Kurt uh, Cobain, but who's, who's the, Kurt the MTV? Loader. Kurt Loader, yes, from MTV News. And that girl, the, the one that looked Martha. That looks so like sweet, but you know she was just like, no, she's on ABC News. Anyway, here's what happened. So I was like trying to get all the moves, and I think I jumped off my bed or was doing something, and I just remember my dad being like, Donnie, because it was making noise upstairs, you know, because we didn't have like again six floors away from our parents. We were one bedroom down with thin walls. Listen, now this is where she starts. Yeah, she's like talking. No promises, no demands. This was like when these children, I don't even know what this video is about, but they, these girls have been like captured. You know? I don't know if they were captured by their husbands, lovers. We are young! Heartache to heartache. Okay, you got the wrong thing. I got the wrong thing going. So long. It's a battlefield. That's nice. Here we go. Here comes Caroline. Fresh off the school bus and she's pulling this off? I don't know. She's shaking. Trembling, trembling. Shimmy. Here comes the curtain. 
You know, because it didn't, it was off track. Anybody could break in, just walk in your home. Seriously, because they'd have, just have to part those, like, yes, yes, that's it. blinds, yep, those yep. plastic blinds. Here she comes. And, and Wayne Long and Brian Long and myself didn't know what to do. What would y'all say to what, each other? What do we just, do with our hands? What okay, do we do with our right, hands? all right, please keep this moving. Seriously, I mean, it's like, there are her, her boobies. First time I ever saw boobies. We're going to get a cease and desist. All right. Anyway, so. Good times. Yeah. Thank you for downloading the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast with the App and Podcast Network, classified by Apple Donna as entertainment news and also as music. And uh, thank you for last week, last Tuesday's episode, the most downloaded episode we've ever had, top 50 on the Apple podcast chart in the yeah. entertainment news category. I mean, like, we were up there with, like, E and People and... E.T. and... E.T. and... TMZ and all the... All that stuff. All the outfit Yeah, I don't know how we got there. So, we've been wanting to pull somebody in to talk about artists selling their music catalogs and why that's done. We've been wanting to have somebody on the podcast to speak to uh, Dolly Parton and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination that she got just a couple of weeks ago. And um, also, the Academy of Country Music Awards coming up, uh, if you're listening on Upload Day or Upload Week, two weeks away. And there's no network television home. I, I just, I just can't believe that there's no television home. What does that say about country music? What does that say about award shows in general? What does that say about the Academy of Country Music Awards? We're going to talk about all of that with Brian Mansfield, managing editor of CountryInsider.com. And uh, for a long time, 15 plus years, Brian was the Nashville-based reporter for USA Today, but so much more than a reporter. Uh, Brian covered American Idol for USA Today. He covered not just country uh, music, but just music, all, all genres of music with uh, reviews and album reviews and things like that. And um, I've been a big fan for a long, long time. And Brian joins us for this episode of Cadillac Jack by Second Act. Appreciate you joining us, Brian. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Let's talk about the ACMs. Why this shift? Was it just no interest or people just don't see value? People being the networks don't see value in award shows anymore. What's, what's going on here? What happened? In the broad picture, there has been just a, a, a drop, a huge drop in ratings for award shows across the board. Whether you're talking about CMAs, ACMs, Grammys, Oscars, they're all just over the last five years in the tank. So that's, that's the first level. The second level is um, the ACMs contract came up for renewal with CBS. And it came up for renewal right after the worst ratings they'd ever had. Well, CBS also has this award show property over on CNT. And so I think at some level, CBS just looked at this and went, uh, we got one in-house. We can use that. One award show is as good as another award show. And that kind of left the ACMs without a network home because NBC and Fox, I don't guess we're particularly interested. ABC has the CMAs, and so that left them in need of a creative solution. Let's connect the dots here. When you say CBS has their own, that would be Country Music Television, CMT, right? Right, yes, CMT Music Awards. Don't you think that COVID kind of put the the nail in the coffin for award shows in general? That's entirely possible. At at the very least, it didn't help. Now, I think the ACMs, and, and, and CMT Music Awards, both that came up with some very creative solutions in their presentations over, for their awards over the last couple of years. But yeah, it, it, it's hard to generate a lot of excitement for uh, award shows when there's no audience for the performances. 
So yeah. I, I think it probably accelerated the downward trend. March 7th, the Academy of Country Music Awards. You must stream them on Amazon Prime, hosted by Dolly Parton. Dolly has gotten some ink here, some new cycle ownership in the past uh, month. With the big, you're still cashing the check from Duncan Hines. Those checks are still coming in. Then she has the ACM hosting gig. Got 9 to 5 coming right. back out. The documentaries. Yeah. Still working 9 to 5. Dolly has received a nomination to join the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there was a lot of conversation about this on the podcast and a lot of conversation on social media about not just this particular year's class, but any class of possible inductees and whether or not they fall under the umbrella rock and roll. I think it is important not to take the words rock and roll in that title uh, kind of at face value. And, and if you're coming from a format perspective, I mean, you're a country radio guy, so you think in terms of format, um, voters for this do not really think in terms of format. Uh, rock and roll at, at its very beginning was kind of this mix of all of these different styles coming together. You know, if you think about the history of popular music, country and you know, what were called race records originally became R&B. They were kind of split apart in the 1920s. It sounded very similar, but they were made by different groups of people for different audiences. They kind of came back together in rock and roll. And so one of the things that we have seen in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations over the years is it's not just about the sons and the daughters of Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley and the Beatles. It's kind of this, this mix of popular music. And so, and one of the things that they really value is people that come in and mix up those genres. You're not going to get a lot of power chord guitars out of Dolly. You do get that mix of stylistic influences from her. And if you remember going back all the way to the first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class, and I think it was 1986, four of the original groups of inductees were acts that also had number one country records at some point in their career. So this is not unheard of. Dolly would be only the second woman with membership in both the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here's a 20-second clip. This is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame CEO Greg Harris. And this is from Joe Rock Show on Long Island, New York's WBAB. I think to get to the core of it, people like the stuff that's closest to them. And I think they need to expand their thinking of rock and roll. It's a big tent. Rock and roll was never just four skinny guys with long hair and guitars. It's always been diverse. It's a big tent and everybody fits under it. It's an attitude, it's a spirit, and that's rock and roll. It's an attitude, it's a spirit, and that's rock and roll. Brian, that, that concert that HBO puts on, the induction ceremony concert, you know, when everybody gets up and jams with each other, and it's, it's very much unscripted, and it's a great, uh, it's a great look and, 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 and always great performances. And how much fun is that going to be with Dolly on it, you know, if she gets in? There's always someone who's, who's pissed at someone, you know what I mean, who didn't show yeah. up, or they were the first guitar player, and then the third came around. And I, I just love all the things that can happen, you know, because sometimes you, the person says they're not going to show up no matter what, and then all of a sudden they come fumbling out. Of like they, don't have, the, they don't have a chair for them at the table. Yeah, and they're like half crocked, you know what I mean? Janice, get up. Yeah, and want to grab the microphone, so. You know, a lot of egos in that room, too, that oh, they, you know, the yes. night that they do that, uh, yeah. that ceremony. Country artists... And just musical artists in general, Brian, are cashing in right now on their music catalogs. The biggest question we get, Brian, is why? Why would an artist sell their catalog, whether the entire catalog or just a portion, which you can do? What does that say about their career at this time? Is there panic? 
there are a combination of things going on. Um, I think across the board, um, I believe there are some tax implications to doing this right now, that there is either a, a new tax law about to take effect, or there is something that is expected to be passed that would increase the rate of taxation on transactions like this. And so by selling now, you are paying a much lower rate of tax than you would if you sold it maybe two or three years from now. So I don't know that this will be ongoing at the level that it is, but I think that's part of it. The second part, and you're seeing this more with the older rock guys than you are the, the, the country acts that have sold, but you're seeing a lot of these older rock guys that are in their 70s, maybe even in their 80s that are, that are selling, and it's, uh, it's an estate move. I don't think, for instance, that Bruce Springsteen's kids want to go into the family business and manage their father's uh, legacy of work. Yeah. And so he turns it over now to somebody that pays him, uh, what was that, eight figures, 500 million, I think, for Springsteen um, for the publishing and the recording. And somebody else can deal with that. And the family gets the money to go off and do whatever they want. So there's that. And then I think the third thing is sometimes there are things that these artists or these writers want to do where they need some money up front. And this is a good way and a good time to get that to do what they want to do. It's kind of like if you win the lottery, do you take the payment or do you take the lump sum at the front? You got a lot of people that are finding reasons to take the lump sum right now. The, the, the financial community has kind of discovered that, ooh, you know, songwriting and mechanical royalties, these are things that have nice multiples and you can, these are, these are solid investments, maybe even better investments than uh, a good stock portfolio. And if you got the money to do it, then, you know, why not, hey, why not be the guy that owns Bob Dylan's catalog? I mean, you know. I mean, that's a lot cooler than Home Depot stock, for sure. Does the artist then lose control over where that music can be used? Uh, in a lot of cases, yes. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. In fact, when, uh, when David Bowie, uh, when the David Bowie estate sold his catalog, almost immediately you saw an uptick in the number of Bowie songs used in commercials. And I don't know... I don't know that there was definitely a causal relationship there, but yes, absolutely. Uh, in some of those cases, they do, and, and and part of it depends on what they sell and how much. You know, when we talk about them selling their catalog, there's a lot that of can be part of that, that because you, yeah, yeah, because you can sell your publishing, you can sell your master recordings, you can sell your the, the royalty license, uh, like Travis Tritt, for instance. I think he sold, as I understand it, he sold parts of his um, royalty stream. So the the buyer doesn't control the stuff that he cut for Warner Brothers. They don't own the master recordings, okay. but they own uh, his income stream, the, the mechanical royalties that he gets from that. When someone invests and, and purchases an, an artist's music catalog, and we see that uptick in, in usage of their catalog and their songs, that's because the buyer doesn't have as much of a sentimental connection to the songs and really wants to recoup some of their, the money that they invested to get the catalog. Right. Exactly. So they're going to, they're going to license it or give it, let anybody basically pay for it because they're trying to not only make some of their money back, but they don't, they don't have that connection. It's not their catalog. 
And, and every time you use, every time you license something like that, if you do it well, you're actually increasing its value then too. Think of like uh, journeys don't stop believing. All right, well, that was, that was a big radio hit back in the day, but it wasn't the iconic thing that it is now until it started getting used over and over again in movies and TV shows. And then it winds up you know, being the last thing that you hear in The Sopranos. And now it's everywhere and you can't get away from that song. And it's, it is a much more valuable song because of the licensing that has been done with it than it ever was just because it was a big radio song by a big rock band. I'm wondering what your thought is on, you know, when the big Dixie Chicks debacle came about and how they were basically canceled overnight um, on country radio. And then you have, um, you know, what happened with Morgan Wallen. And while he was canceled on radio, what is your what is your opinion on the difference in how their career sort of took a tank, his just kind of kept on rising. Is that... He's got the number one country song in America this week. Yeah, is that kind of a testament to the world changing and people controlling the knob, so to speak, and where they're going to get their music from and, you know, who's going to be canceled and what they're going to listen to? What's your take on all that? Uh, well, I, I think there are, there are just enough differences in the way that those two stories, uh, those two situations, laid out that that they're not quite the apples and apples that they seem to be and, and i i covered both of those stories i covered dixie chicks for usa today i covered the morgan wallen for country insider and so the the two big differences are uh first the the dixie chicks when the dixie chicks got played on the radio after the you know after natalie said the stuff that she did about uh, George W. Bush, um, the radio stations heard calls. Like if a Dixie Chicks record went on the air, the calls started coming in. And at some point, the radio stations just said, we're not carrying the water for this. And so they backed off. With Morgan, when Morgan went away from the radio, nobody called in. And the handful of stations that continued to play him, nobody called in. So he didn't really upset the, the core country radio listener the way that he upset other groups of people. And so one of the things that you saw happen at radio, the difference, the difference in radio pulling back with the Dixie Chicks and, and pulling back with Morgan, they pulled back from the Dixie Chicks because they didn't want the hassle. They pulled back from Morgan because the publicly owned radio stations had more people to answer to than just their listeners. They had the people that worked at the urban stations, uh, the R&B stations they owned. They had their investors. Asking questions and, and putting pressure on them. Yeah, exactly. And so what you, you saw, like I said, you saw a handful of stations that kept playing them. Those were almost exclusively privately owned or mom and pop kind of stations that all they had to worry about was what was happening yeah. with their listeners in the market. So that's one difference. The second difference, and this is a little bit more nuanced, is you started to see the Dixie, if you, if you look at the airplay, and I've actually gone and looked at the media-based airplay from month to month with the Dixie Chicks thing, you saw it just evaporate, same way it did 
with Morgan Wallen. Took a little bit longer, but that was because it was a different time. But then they start to come back, and then the Dixie Chicks come out to the ACMs with the uh, was F-U-T-K T-shirt, and they just, rather than, rather than doing the kind of apology tour that Morgan Wallen did, they went back and hit them head on again. And that was not received well. You know, I, I don't you, know, Brian, you, remember, you were on the air. Do you remember this? Absolutely. And I, I took the calls. I took the calls from everywhere. I took hundreds of calls a day because there was a, a country trio that we were playing on one of the largest country radio stations in America. This trio went for a Republican president, and the, the, the country audience was not going to stand for it. I think that, that even if, if the chicks had shown up at the ACMs without all of the propaganda and without the show, I, I don't know that had they come clean and played clean, I, I don't even know that country radio would have entertained them again then if they came in and, and, and you know, with a, a, a mediator, for God's sakes. They were trying. because you, you can actually see the numbers start to go back up, and then the ACMs hit, and they go back down again. All of that that was going on, but they were also three very – or there was one very brash female and right. country radio just at that time, there wasn't the Marin Morris's, there wasn't the Miranda's, you know, it, it just, it wasn't, it was more demure women like, you know, Martina and, and Faith and, you know, kind of playing that, that role. And I'm just saying, I think that there were, there was a group of people that were almost expecting that to happen with Natalie and like I told you so you know these women are and I'm just saying I think I think that was a little bit part of it I do it was a lot more complicated situation than it it gets painted as I mean you had you know you you had talk radio I mean I first heard about it from talk radio and so I think you had a lot of the the talk radio listeners that also listened to country they were kind of getting pushed from you know from the Rush Limbaugh's of the world to go fuss about this, and so that was you know that kind of lit the fire under it, and uh, you know, and the Dixie Chicks had just had two big paydays because they had sold out their tour and they had just renegotiated their deal with Sony and gotten a lot of money up front, mm. and so they were they were in a great financial situation if something like this was going to happen because all the tickets had already been sold for the tour. But that control at that time that radio had over people's careers was certainly different than it is now where, you know, you've got TikTok and Spotify, you know, I mean, at that time, you did not want to piss off radio programmers. You just didn't. If you were an artist, that's for sure. Well, and and it's worth noting, they're still an arena act. It's not like they're playing 2,500 seat theaters these days. When they go on tour, they're playing the 10 and 20,000 seat venues. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your your time. Most importantly, it's um, you know it, it's interesting to me. He's got the number one country song in America this week. Radio came back to support this guy, but I think that it was this rabid fan base, and I also think Brian Mansfield. It was great music. The the, the thing that I always think of with that is you know we've seen that stay in the the top ten on the Billboard two hundred for more than a year now. And, you know, people talk about how he came back and how it didn't hurt his career. And, and, and I kind of look at it from a different perspective. I just try to imagine how much bigger he would have been by now if all of that hadn't happened. True. And we see him being huge. He would have been so much bigger, so much bigger if none of this had happened. Sold out Madison Square Garden just uh, yeah. in, in, in the past week. 
Hey, uh, Brian Mansfield, yep. we appreciate your time very much. Check out Brian on uh, countryinsider.com. Thank you, man, so much. We appreciate it very much. And um, let's keep in touch, okay? Okay, sounds great. Thank you for having me. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act from Dolly's record label, Warner Brothers. Also, audio for this episode of the Cadillac Jack, my second act podcast and WBAB FM. Long Island. Our thanks to Brian Mansfield, countryinsider.com. Our thanks to executive producers. We're going to give them uh, co-producing, head, head executive co-producing titles because Hans does Tuesday. Yes. And Carl does Thursday. Executive producers, Hans Appen and Carl Appen. Subscribe to The Letter, our weekly e-newsletter component to the podcast. A fun four or five minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 910 Text left on red. Red is the color. No spaces left on red. R-E-D to the number 22828 to subscribe for free. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack. My second act part of the Appen Podcast Network. I can't uh, begin to tell you... uh, what an honor and a, a privilege is it is for me to be out of the house, honest to God. I know um, Neil Young was supposed to be here. People are saying to me, like I had something to do with it, why isn't Neil Young here? And the truth of it is, the poor guy just can't stay up this late. That's what I heard. It was either that or he swallowed a harmonica. I'm not sure. Wow. Uh. <laughs> okay, shut up. It's not about me tonight. Madonna. Madonna will be out of the music business in six months. This let me finish. Her voice is like Minnie Mouse on helium. Comparing Marilyn Monroe to Madonna is like comparing Raquel Welch with the back of a bus. That's what they were saying about Madonna uh, 25 years ago. I don't think any of them are around to say it tonight. First of all, we've got John Bon Jovi. A great frontman extraordinaire. The very definition of a rock star. Yes, a man who single-handedly destroyed most of the ozone layer in the 80s with Aquanet hairspray. According to Richie Sambora, the band was virtually broke when they started recording the album 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. They were living together in the same apartment in Philadelphia and sleeping on the floor when it was 12 degrees below zero outside. They only had John's hair and Tico's farts to keep them warm all night. Now that's paying your dues, baby. And the band was struggling when they next released Slippery When Wet. The boys were opening for the band, yeah, 38 Special in Iowa when the album hit. It rapidly rose to the top of the Billboard charts and was the best-selling album of 1987. Howard Stern welcoming Bon Jovi to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. David Letterman welcoming Pearl Jam to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that was JT, Justin Timberlake, welcoming Madonna to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.